Hey, everybody, welcome to Valley Naval Gazing on valleyindy.org and 103.5 LPFM WNHH, New Haven's community radio station. My name is Eugene Driscoll, and I'm joined with my fellow reporter, Ethan Fry. Hey, now. Today, we're going to be talking about the 100th anniversary of the recreation camp. That is a camp in Derby right on the Housatonic River. They're celebrating their 100th anniversary, as I said. And to do so, they're having a giant old party coming up uh, very quickly, June 11th, 5 to 9.30 p.m. at 36 Birchbank Road in Shelton. That is the 100th anniversary picnic for the recreation camp. Before we begin, if you want to find out more about the recreation camp, visit www.therecreationcamp.com. From there, you can get links to their Facebook page and all that good stuff. I live in Derby, not far at all from the recreation camp. It's on Route 34, right across, essentially, from uh, Lakeview Terrace and the Yale Boathouse. I'm sending my child there, five-year-old son Jack, for the first time this summer. He's going to learn to swim. He's going to be going there about three days a week. I'm really excited. I know nothing about the recreation camp or its history in Derby, but I'm, I'm mightily impressed that anything can stay around for 100 years. You know, that's just quite amazing. So we're going to have on Mike Drew to tell us about the camp this summer and about next week's anniversary party or picnic. We're also going to have on Jack Walsh, assuming by the time this broadcasts, I'll be able to figure out how to edit Jack's interview. Uh, and he was a former director of the camp, uh, and he went there as a child. Jack is uh, born and raised in Derby, lives there to this day. He's currently the executive director of the Valley United Way. However, he just announced within the last week he's going to be retiring in November. So we're very excited to have Jack and Mike Drew on. Uh, I wanted to start off the podcast with a public apology. I want to apologize to the institutions, people, places, and things who we've promised stories to or interviewed for stories, and the story has not published yet. Last month, what's today? It's Friday, June 3rd. June 3, yes. Right? So this is going to uh, broadcast on Monday. June 6th. June 6th. Last month was the Gate Great Give. That was a 36-hour uh, online giving event. We had in a lot of nonprofits to interview them. We did a 32-hour webcast. We didn't quite make it to 36 hours for a lot of reasons. But uh, it took a long time to prep for that. It took a long time to pull it off. We have a pile of stories that we have not had a chance to write yet. Uh, and since then, news happens. You know, mm. just this week, it's, it's, it's Friday, June 3rd, as we record this, we had a federal government, we, we learned, asking questions about a Derby grant from 2013 or so. Mm -hmm. Four teachers were laid off in the Ansonia School District. Those are things that, that take time. So is it the new work has gotten in the way of the old work. So with that being said, I want to apologize to the Valley Community Foundation three times. I attended their annual meeting before the Great Give and have not had a chance to write it up. I also didn't publish yet their Great Give summary because I just simply haven't had time to uh, edit it and get it onto our site. Derby Police Department, Ethan and I went to a wonderful training session. Yeah, it was very interesting. On the use of force. Uh, that, we got a great story. We got great videos coming from that. 
Uh, Ethan was uh, uh, killed. <laughs> killed in yeah. a simulation. In I the line of duty. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, you can't, uh, apparently you can't uh, tase four hulking Shelton High School kids coming at you saying they're going to kill you. Yeah. The taste doesn't work. Something I should have known before. So that's coming soon. Sorry, Derby Police Department. We haven't uh, had a chance to get that done yet. City of Derby, for various reasons. Town of Seymour's law firm, I want to apologize to. They have a press release, or they they won a a contentious lawsuit over personal... No, no, I'm sorry. I'm getting that wrong. I don't even want to get into it. Anyway, that's coming soon, I promise. The Workplace had an event today we didn't get to. We just didn't have the resources. Valerie Knight Ganji had an event in Shelton. Uh, Shelton Schools with kids and in corporations. We didn't get to that, and I'll uh, I'll apologize to Jack Walsh. We had we we knew he was retiring, and we just simply haven't had a, the chance to edit the story yeah, give to, that to story get it. It's yeah, due. and we're talking about. I mean, we're not talking. We're, we're not rewriting these, uh, or we're not doing byline stories on some of these. Uh, some we are, but uh, we just haven't had a chance to even sit down and catch up with uh, all the community. Uh, press releases we got even cut cut copying pasting is 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 an mm. issue we just it's just been one of those weeks so anyway that, that's what it's like we're, we're a two-person operation uh here at valleyindy.org and uh you know that being said let's move on to more positive news because apparently people like positive news or at least claim they like Love positive yeah. they, 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 they want that's what they want read it too much they just yeah they, it's not they're not saying they read it they definitely don't click it. Just the fact that it's they out there in the ether somewhere. They is, sniff uh, it. Appreciated, yeah. They, they they sniff it like when you're like running through malls when malls used to exist and somebody would spray uh, some perfume. You know, it hits you. You're aware. Oh, yeah, you're, you're no, like, they don't do that anymore. I guess I, that's maybe it's like a safe space invasion or something like that. But like, yeah, probably they, a lawsuit. They, you couldn't walk through Macy's without seeing that. Not mm. that I do that every day, but. All right, so enough about your personal life. Let's go over the five most read stories of the week. Okay, number five. Uh, this is a story by our new intern, Carl Jordan Castro. He's good. He's a Southern student. Mm. He's a good one. He's a good egg. Yeah. He's got a, I like the cut of that guy's jib. And Sonia Priest plans 300-mile fundraising trek. That's a, a journey that a, a priest from the Assumption Church is in the process of, he's, he's, Somewhere on a bike between here and Montreal right now. You can track his progress if you find the story on yep. valleyindy.org. And uh, that, he's that, that trying to raise like money to renovate the third floor of the Assumption School, which sounds, is next door, and has been closed since for nearly 50 years, the third floor. so You're making me wait to get in my lame joke. That sounds like a positive story to me. And the, uh, yeah. the, uh, rejected, yeah. the rejected headline for that, the headline I came up with was uh, Tour de Frock, which... Uh, no response. So I thought that was decent, though. Uh, Connecticut Post had some fun with it, too, in the peddling priest or peddling pastor. Got my eye on you, Miko. Uh, number four, resident shoots at burglars. That that was over last weekend in Ansonia. Uh, guy, uh, homeowner, woke up. His house was being broken into. Uh, he saw a guy, uh, apparently, who had a gun and took a shot. Uh, no injuries, according to police, uh, and it's under investigation. Number three. Man, you robbed that story of all its drama. Yeah. Uh, number three, tax board questions new position in mayor's office. That's another story that came up this week, uh, sort of out of the budget deliberations in Derby. Uh, the tax board uh, raised some questions about the uh, 
economic development person over there making up to $60,000, but only having to work two days per week. 15 hours a day, up to 60 grand. Uh, number two, 2016 Valley Memorial Day Parade Info. That was uh, good to see that we were the, the go-to source for uh, all those uh, celebrations over the weekend. Uh, sounds positive. Sounds like they, most, they all went forward, I think, even though there was some rain. I guess the Derby Shelton Parade has never been canceled. Kelly Curtis, because had, we had a couple people asking us, uh, oh, there, our phone is ringing. Uh, about whether the parade was going to happen. So I put in an email to Kelly Curtis uh, and one of the other organizers asking, like, hey, uh, just keep me in the loop. Because mm. what will happen sometimes when the weekend comes, uh, the, people, they don't, the organizers of all these events don't contact us. Mm. Um, and so if something's canceled, we don't know. And the people ask us and I get angry and, you know, I, I don't know what's going on. So anyway, I, I, I proactively, preemptively mm. asked Kelly Curtis to keep us in the loop. And anyway, he wrote back, like, yeah, a long email that we published uh, on our Facebook page saying, like, yeah, it's never been canceled. It's not going to be, you know, this is a Memorial Day. So the soldiers went through, uh, you know, a little more than rain. Uh, that being said, I didn't bring my son to march with Derby Youth Soccer because he's got asthma. You know, mm. so I didn't mean to slight anybody, but we just couldn't do it. So. And uh, number one. Uh, here's why there was caution tape around Crave yesterday. That was a story uh, published Tuesday. Uh, why is that news? <laughs> this isn't news. <laughs> yeah, the somebody commented saying that like they they didn't think that was a legitimate news article, and lo and behold, as is usually the case, uh, the stories on which comments like that appear are among the most read, if not the most read. All right. So with that, we're gonna have Jack Walsh. Uh, this is an interview we, we taped earlier in the day, Friday. Uh, Ethan's mic wasn't turned on during it. So this interview, I don't even know if this will even make it. Uh, Jack's audio was giving me a ton of problems. So maybe, maybe either Jack Walsh is coming up or he's not. So anyway, here is or isn't Jack Walsh of the Valley United Way to talk about the recreation camp, which is celebrating its 100th anniversary anniversary this year. Centenary. You could say that too. In Derby. On the line, Jack, thank you very much for joining us on Valley Naval Gazing. How are you? Good. It's always a pleasure to join you, Eugene. And Ethan's there too, I guess. Ethan's here. Yeah, what we have right now, we have this whole mess of wires. We have one, two, three, four, four <laughs> microphones, our mixer. Uh, an adapter going to our laptop, our laptop charger, headphones, and then a jack we're plugging all our headphones into. So we compl we don't know what we're doing at all. And so if there's a mysterious buzz, Ethan is like balanced precariously. He's kind of like a set up like a ballerina or something <laughs> out of a Bugs Bunny uh, cartoon. Well, you guys are always on the cutting edge. Uh, yeah, the cutting edge of, of, of barely keeping the lights on. Yeah, I didn't say what, the cutting edge. <laughs> so anyway, Jack, first of all, we just have to say uh, congratulations. You just announced that you're going to be uh, retiring from the Valley United Way in November, correct? Yeah, six months from now, so there's plenty of time left. A lot of work to be done. Yeah, the, how does it feel right now? I mean, you're you're a Derby institution. I mean, I, I sent you an email a few minutes ago. I mean, I you, you're not gonna you're, you're not like a retirement guy. Uh, you're always doing something. You're way more active than I am. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of a word. Retire is not the word I want, but uh, you know, for now, that's that's the word. No, I, I'm not going anyplace. So I've got a lot of things to 
to do. I'm going to be very active as I so always So you're not have. selling the house and heading to Ireland at this point? No, no, I, no, no, that vicious rumor is not true. I, at some point, I'm sure I will get to our home, but it won't be right now. All right, and the reason we had, uh, I mean, we're going to do, I think we should do another uh, podcast at some point uh, about Jack's uh, service to the Valley, and, and particularly through the United Way. But the reason we have Jack on uh, this morning is to talk about the recreation camp, which is celebrating its, its 100th anniversary uh, this year year. And I was wondering, Jack, can you tell us a, a little bit about, I mean, obviously 100 years is a long time. Uh, for Ethan and I, who are ignoramuses, tell us about the history of this uh, institution in the city of Derby. Well, you know, it, the recreation camp is one of the, the great success stories of the Valley. You know, it, it has no national affiliation, no state organization. The, the rec is truly a Valley invention. And I need to remind people, it's the recreation camp it's not the Derby Recreation Camp, because I see that all the time. People call it Derby Recreation Camp. The city doesn't fund it. Uh, it really doesn't have anything to do directly with the city. It goes back uh, to a time when we didn't have state parks. We didn't have pools all over the place. Uh, and yet people you know, wanted to enjoy uh, the, their summers with swimming, and they did it in the two rivers. Uh, unfortunately, that wasn't always the safest way to do things. And uh, there were a lot of drownings on the rivers in the, in the valley. And in typical valley fashion, some of the business leaders got together and said, we need to do something about this. We need a safe place for kids to swim. And uh, again, in typical valley fashion, they identified the location, which is in Derby. And they then had to solicit the land, which, uh, you know, they got from the Kellogg family uh, of, uh, you know, pretty much renowned in the valley. Um, and it's a tough place to build, but they, they built the camp. It was an old wooden camp when it first started. And uh, they opened a safe summer swimming place for kids, which, uh, you know, it's 100 years later, and they still, again, knock on wood, never had a drowning. And you think about how remarkable that is when people are drowning in pools, and they're right on the river uh, with all the issues that go along with that, and they have a perfect safety record. That's good to hear. It's an incredible That's good story. To hear. I as a, uh, a father of a five-year-old, and I, I was saying uh, earlier in this broadcast, I'm just sending my son Jack to the to the recreation camp uh, this summer for the first time, and he's not a strong swimmer. I mean, we've given him some lessons here and there, but it's like growing up on yeah. Hawthorne Avenue, we don't have a pool or anything like that. Like, I grew up in a lake community and was like, you know, I was essentially yeah. born and thrown into a lake. Uh, so it's weird for me to have a son who's five and he, he can't swim yet. So it's just a great resource to have this. Uh, like literally down the road from me. But, Jack, I was checking out, because I stalk you on, uh, on Facebook, you, you were posting some <laughs> wonderful pictures. I guess you had been uh, either volunteering or you were a teacher there. What, what did you do at the rec camp? Uh, well, first of all, let me start by saying I learned to swim there myself, okay, when I was a kid. So uh, it works. You know, we'd go down and, oh, it's a great place. So we would, it's quite different now than it was back then, quite different. But basically, you know, they had the swimming lessons in the morning. And, of course, everyone would go home for lunch back then um, because you couldn't swim. Remember the old thing about swimming and uh, waiting oh, an right. hour? So you couldn't swim during lunch hour. So you'd go for the the morning would be your lesson, and then you'd go back for the afternoon to just enjoy the, the swimming classes, which you know, is still the hallmark of, of the camp. Uh, and, you know, it, the, the percentage of people who grew up in the Valley who learned to, to swim at the recreation camp is just phenomenal. It's just, uh, 
You know, I think you hit it. It's an institution in the valley. And then, yeah, in your in your adult life, did you? Uh... Oh, okay. And yeah, years later, I actually ended up back there. I was the director of the camp for fourteen. Oh, no years. kidding! I apologize for not knowing that. Uh, okay. Yeah. No. Uh, in fact, that's how I ended up at United Way. If, if I hadn't been at the rec, I would never have been at United Way. No kidding. So, how, and and the, uh, this is how is it funded? How does the recreate? I mean, just said it's been around for a hundred years is amazing to me. How do they uh, stay afloat? Uh, you know, I know, uh, I know personally how hard it is to keep. Uh, no, yeah, right. No pun intended with the afloat. Ha- I know uh, how hard it is to keep a nonprofit uh, going. How does the recreation camp do it? Well, let, let me give you a little history leading up to the modern time, if you will. Um, when they opened the camp, of course, that was the, the issue. Well, you know, you could open it, but how do you keep it open? Uh, pay staff because you do need lifeguards, et cetera. And the original way they did it, which they did again uh, this past Wednesday for the 100th time, they, they had a dinner, okay? And they invited all the local business leaders uh, to the dinner, um, locked the doors, served them steak and lobster, and uh, you know, there were some other amenities served besides the steak and lobster. <laughs> and at the end of the night, they announced it gentlemen, because it was only gentlemen back then, that will open the doors and you can go home when we have enough money to keep the camp open for the year. And that's how they raised the money for a long time. And, of course, years later, uh, things came along like United Way. And for a long time, we were uh, the main supporter of the camp. But, you know, it was quite different in the way the camp was run back then. Even though it has the name camp on it, back then it was more of a drop-in center. Okay. Kids might stay the whole day, but some just came for a lesson and went home. Some came for the afternoon swim and went home. So it wasn't a fully regimented program the way it is today, but uh, it was also very cheap. Okay, Because of the money they raised, uh, when I learned to swim there, it was $2 for the oh, summer. Oh, wow. Okay. And if you couldn't, and if you couldn't pay the $2... You could give them $0.10 cents a day until, until you add your two bucks. That's amazing. Uh, and f- in fact, when I started running the camp, which is, I believe, 1976, it was still $2. Okay? And then we added a lunch program. And I, I used to joke with people, it was the best investment in the Valley. You, know, you pay $2 for the summer, and your kid could come all day. And I, back then it was 10 weeks long, and you get a free lunch every day. So your your two bucks was like the best investment you could get just for the price of the of the lunches. Uh, but you know, over time things things changed and uh, state regulations changed on camps, and they had to go to a new model. And Michael Drew, who's there now, has done a fantastic job of really transitioning from the old daycare type setting, uh, you know, day camp setting, not daycare, quite different, uh, to now this new model, which is it's a full day camp. Uh, where the kids come every day. Uh, and even there they've had to make some changes. You know, you used to register for the entire summer. Now uh, I believe people can register for one of those two four-week sessions or they can't even register for a week at a time. And, of course, with the increased regulation and increased staffing, the expenses have gone up too, so the fees have gone up uh, as well. But uh, they're doing very well. 
Uh, they have an incredible program. As I said, their safety record is second to none. That's great to hear. And, and Jack, before I let you go, I just wanted to thank you for coming on with no notice and, and teaching us and giving us a history <laughs> list. Literally, and to our listeners, I just emailed Jack 10 minutes ago and said, hey, can we call you up with a computer? Uh, luckily, luckily, I was here. You know, you can get me talking about good things in the Valley anytime. Jack, though, if you look back, what's your fondest memory, either as a kid or as an adult, uh, at the recreation camp? You know, just the ability to go there, just you know, to learn to swim. I don't know if I would have learned to swim, but just you know, it was just a great place as a kid. You know, we could even take our bikes, could walk. It was just a kind of a different era, but it's still that same great place today as it was then. But we were fortunate to have something like that, and again. No national affiliation. That was just people from the Valley who got together to make it happen. So uh, I was very appreciative of my time there. And All right, Jack. Thanks again for taking a couple of minutes, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Thanks, Eugene. All right, everybody. It's uh, Eugene again and Ethan. Ethan, you still alive over there? Yeah. All right. So uh, we have on the line with us right now is uh, Mike Drew. Mike, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you. Nice to be here. And Mike, what exactly, you're with the recreation camp. What's your title? I, I, I should have done more research. Give us your title. I, I have a, a split title. Basically, I am camp director and I'm also executive director. Um, where camp director is, uh, is managing the day-to-day operations and executive director, I sort of go above and beyond regular camp duties during the summer and uh, interface with all the Valley agencies in the off-season, uh, work with the board of directors, and you know, accomplish things through that as well. And we had Jack Walsh on earlier in this broadcast. We went through the history of the recreation camp a little bit. 100 years old, which is just amazing. I mean, mm. uh, you know, it's just for anything to last 100 years, particularly. You know, yeah, it really is. Uh, considering we don't have national, we don't have any national ties to a, a larger entity, you know, such as the YMCA or the Boys and Girls Club, where, you know, they get, they get national promotion, national advertising. We've been uh, we've been plugging along on our own for uh, for 100 years. So, and let, let's talk first about uh, the upcoming event you have. Uh, you have an anniversary uh, picnic coming up. Let me just grab the date off my uh, Google Drive here. It's uh, sure. June 11th. 11th. Yep. June, yeah, go ahead. Yep, Tell us sir. about that. 5 p.m. to 9:30 p.m. 36 Birch Bank Road in uh, Shelton. What's going to happen? Yeah, so uh, we wanted to throw, we basically wanted to throw a big party to commemorate our 100th season, and we wanted to invite pretty much everybody that's ever been associated with a camp through those 100 years. So anybody that attended camp, let's say, in the 40s or 50s or 60s, 70s, 80s, you know, you get the idea, anybody that, that learned how to swim at the rec camp, and if you wander through the valley, pretty much everybody learned how to swim at the rec camp. Uh, and we, that event is for everybody. We're giving back to the community. We are inviting everybody to come and uh, sort of make make friends and, and reunite with some people they maybe haven't seen in years and years. And, uh, again, yeah, it's going to be 5 o'clock to 9.30 on June 11th over in, uh, in Shelton on the other side of the river, just off from the camp, 36 Birch Bank Road. 
Is that like a, a someone's uh, private home, or is it where is it exactly? It is. Yeah, that's the tricky part. We we couldn't have it at the camp. Uh, we don't have enough real estate down there. So gotcha. Um, there are a couple. One of the guys on our board of directors, Charlie Sullivan, lives at Thirty Six Birchbank Road, and uh, he has this phenomenal group of neighbors, and all of their backyards are gigantic, and they run together. So you get like two or three football fields of space back there, okay. right on the water. Oh, so right. they all, you know, they, they have these fun times all summer, and uh, he suggested we do our celebration there because of the space. Okay, so Mr. Sullivan, he that was J.J. Sullivan. He does the, uh, the 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 Fourth of July celebration every year on the river. Is that the same? That is him. It's oh, the okay. Same guy. Okay, right. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Oh, that's awesome. So, uh, I mean, are, are tickets sold out for this thing, or how does? Uh... No, you can still get tickets very easily. Actually, you can go on our camp website, www.therecreationcamp.com, and scroll down. Right on the home page, there is a. A spot that's just buy your tickets online. You can print your own tickets. We'll put you on the will call uh, and just show up. And so this is a big family event. Are there any like activities uh, planned for the kids and things like that? Yeah, we're gonna have we're gonna have games and things for the kids. We're gonna have a magician. Uh, we're gonna have raffle and prizes. But really, the big the big selling point is the fireworks. We are gonna have a phenomenal fireworks so shoot off probably around. 9.15, you know, just when it gets dark there, mm. um, and and that is going to be something to see. Oh, wow, that that sounds awesome. Yeah, I live up on uh, Hawthorne Avenue, so I can sort of see uh, that you annual... You will see it from yeah. there, yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can look to, like, towards my... Because toward, I'm, like, sort of near uh, E Street and uh, Coon Hollow Road, sort of, like, in between there. But, uh, yeah, that's uh, I know that the, the, the display every year is phenomenal. Yeah, so that, that sounds like a, a great event. And, Mike, how many, like, I feel like I should know more about the recreation camp, but, like, as a, as a you know, I have a 5-year-old and a 3-year-old, and I'm coming up sort of through the ranks in Derby, and I'm learning uh, as I go about all these community institutions. How many kids go there uh, a, a summer, and, uh, you know, what, what's it like? What do they do uh, at the recreation camp? Sure. So our mission uh, is to provide early childhood education and water-related activities to the children of the Lower Naugatuck Valley uh, during the summer recess. So what that entails is uh, we have children ages 5 to 14 or 15 come as campers, 5 meaning they have attended kindergarten first, mm-hmm. uh, and they come uh, from 5 to 14 or 15. They get divided into groups by age. So we have four groups, basically. Fives and sixes are together. Seven and eights are together. Nines and tens are together. And 11 and up. And uh, they go through a program scheduled day where they do an hour of program activity and then rotate. So they can, for instance, do arts and crafts for an hour then they'll go across the street uh, and play at a big open field and run around like crazy for an hour. Uh, then they'll come have lunch. Uh, they'll rest a little bit. Then they'll go down to the waterfront, and they'll get swimming for an hour. And then after that, they'll get boating for an hour. And then towards the end of the day, we sort of mix it all up and call what we have, uh, what we call free choice. And they can pick whatever thing they like doing the best all day, and they do that for about another hour and a half. And then they go home. Nice. Well, so what? Uh, when does it begin and when is the end? Uh, like daily? Like do you, you start at like what nine a.m., nine thirty, something like that? Yeah, we start. The, the program runs from nine thirty to four thirty. Okay. And um, we do an early 
drop-off for working parents, which is basically a daycare. It starts at 8 o'clock. So if you're a working parent, uh, you can drop your kid off at 8 o'clock, and we have uh, supervision there at that time. But the actual program day doesn't really start until 9, 30, 10 o'clock, where you get the, uh, the, the uh, specific activities. And then for prices, and, and, and I guess you can choose uh, different weeks you, you want your child to yeah, attend. So there, yeah, there's another thing. During the Jack Walsh era, the kids basically would just sign up and they'd go the whole summer, hmm. and, uh, and that was that. But as times change, and now we have moms and dads both working, uh, and people are vacationing more and going here and going there, we're, we're going more to a weekly model. Uh, it's, one, it's $125 a week. And, yeah, the parents can choose if they want to come uh, week two, week six, week nine, week eight, whichever it is. And everything, all those pricing, I saw it's all available on, on your website. Can you give us that, that Absolutely, URL again? Yep. Sure. It's www.therecreationcamp.com. And uh, I, would be, I would be remiss in saying uh, this and not getting into the secret of our success. So I hope you're going to ask me that question. What is the secret of your success? Hello. Did I lose you? Oh wait, no, we, we can hear you. I think we Did lost you. Hear you. me? Oh, it might be. It might we, that might be the audio uh, problems we're having. It might be that Ethan Ethan's microphone is cursed. So, uh, oh, I'm okay. gonna. I'll, I'll ask you Ethan's question, Mike. What is the secret of your success? Oh, I'm glad I'm glad that you asked me that. So no problem. I'm a journalist, Mike. I'm a journalist. It's my job. I'm right on it. <laughs> so basically, if you think of summer camp. Unfortunately, a lot of times what you get is you get one or two adults who are, you know, the camp directors or the assistant director, and then you get a bunch of high school or maybe even a couple of college kids. But a lot of high school, I call them teeny boppers, who are in charge of a group of kids. And we all know that the high schoolers aren't exactly as, as uh, motivated and keen and all of that kind of thing with regard to children's behavior. A lot of times they have their faces buried in a cell phone, and it's just uh, that's kind of what some people expect out of a summer camp. What makes us different and what's really been driving our success this past decade is that we have eight certified teachers working all summer. And the certified teachers, they kind of know a few things about kids, Hmm. and that makes the program day run smoother we monitor behavior in different ways than you would normally expect a teenager to do. Um, and we really care about kids. Uh, I, I, I'm a teacher myself, and like I said, I have seven other certified teachers that work all summer who love kids and make the program great. Well, that's good to hear because uh, I have a, a five-year-old son. He just is finishing up his you know, kindergarten. Uh, and, like, yeah, part of the, when you have a kid that age, and he's a quiet kid, you know, he's not particularly uh, rambunctious yeah. or anything like that. So I have uh, uh, fear or hesitation as a parent to send him to, to a camp because, you, know, uh, you know, I don't know what the other kids are like. I don't know what the people are like. I don't know what, how he's going to uh, face it. You know, I, I assume he's going to be uh, traumatized the first day. Uh, just because he's, you know, not with mom or dad. So it's good to hear it's not just like, you know, the teenage version of me there, which uh, is not. Right, well, right, right, right. Well, everybody had that, you know. But uh, the counselor for the five-year-olds is a girl who was a camper herself years ago. She started at seven or eight years old. She's gone through the camp as a camper, 
came through the CIT program, counselor in training. Uh, then she got hired as a lifeguard and a counselor. She's gone through college. She graduated college a couple of weeks ago and is a certified elementary education teacher. And she is the biggest sweetheart you could ever imagine. And she would be your child's counselor. Oh, that's pretty wild. So, I guess that says yeah, something about the program if somebody comes back like that. That's that's pretty oh, amazing. My goodness, yes. And that's the other thing, too. I mean, we have, a, we have a counselor and training program, and we're basically skimming off the cream of the crop because I only take in five or six of them per year. Now, these are kids who I, I know now since they were little. I know their parents. I know the quality of their character. And from that pool of five or six, I only hire the one or two best ones of them to actually work. So we're really getting, really getting high-quality people. And in any program you have anywhere, you need to have quality people running it. So, and do you know how many, how many kids, at. like how many kids pass through the program on any given summer? Yeah, so uh, throughout the course of the summer, we have upwards of 350 enrolled. And on any given week, uh, a peak a peak week for us down at the camp is 200. So okay. we'll have 200 kids in there, you know, every day on a peak week. And there's no residency restrictions. This isn't. This is obviously you. You don't have to just be a resident of Derby to attend the camp, right? No, you do not. We have children from all over the valley. For one, Shelton, Ansonia, Derby, uh, Seymour, and Oxford. And now we're getting children from Monroe. We're getting kids from Trumbull. I even get kids down from Naugatuck and Water, a couple of kids from Naugatuck and Waterbury. Yeah, so the answer to that is no, you can be, as long as you get your child there, they can come. <laughs> That's great. You provide the transportation, we'll take care of the rest. And uh, just to stress uh, to everyone listening out there, it's the uh, 100th anniversary of the recreation camp, which is based on Roosevelt Drive in Derby in the area of Lakeview uh, Terrace. They're having, yeah, uh, they're having a picnic and party next week to celebrate uh, that tremendous achievement. It's June 11th, 5 p.m. to 9.30 p.m., 36 Birchbank Road uh, in Shelton. For tickets, which are still available, go to www.therecreationcamp.com. From there, you can also uh, get the links to their social media sites, including Facebook. So, Mike, first, I just... Uh, is there anything else you wanted to add before I let you go? And uh, before you answer, I just want to say it's, it's been a pleasure talking to you because it's, it's uh, nice to learn about uh, this institution and your reputation precedes you. So I want to thank you for taking a couple of minutes. But anything else you oh, want to add I, that, that maybe we're not asking you? <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny that you say that because I know that as soon as we hang up, Five minutes from now, I'm going to be, I'm going to smack myself on the forehead and say, "Oh, I should have mentioned that." Yeah, you know, it's going to be one of those type things. Uh, no, I thought we talked about the party, and that's a that's a big deal for us. Uh, I, I gave you some info on the actual program. Uh, we do, we 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 still are enrolling. Um, yeah, I. Uh, no, I think we're good. I, I feel like uh, we covered a lot. And I tell you what, Mike, this is a, an audio podcast, but it's embedded within a story in valleyindy.org. So between now and Monday, we're recording this Friday, uh, June 3rd, you can always shoot me an email uh, if there's something you could you forgot, and I can at least include when I, it. When I have that slap my forehead moment? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have that, that's my daily life, so I totally understand. <laughs> but you can shoot us an email, and we can at least include that uh, in the story if we didn't mention it here. But uh, How anyway. about the price of the tickets for the June 11th? All right, go. Let's hit it. How much are they? So adults are fifteen dollars. 
and kids ages you know up to age 14 or 15 are five dollars. So it's a very affordable event. The menu is is your is your standard fare: burgers, dogs, and chicken, some cold salads, and watermelon and beverages and all that. It's quite a deal. I mean, for fifteen dollars, and you're getting a huge fireworks show with the magician. So. It's a it's a great deal as well, and it helps us out, and it help, and it gives back to the community. Yeah, well, I you know I didn't ask the price because I assumed it was going to be like a hundred bucks a head. <laughs> that's a really no, good. I mean, no, that's a steal. No, no, it's fifteen bucks. Oh man, Ethan's there. Ethan Fry, who you probably can't hear, he's already left. He's he's, he's he broke out his credit card. He's there. <laughs> All right, Mike. Hey, that's it. Thank you so much for taking a few minutes, and uh, good luck. And again, thanks a lot for coming on. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. All right, take care, See Mike. You. Take care. Probably can't hear me. You know what it might be as we're still recording this. Yeah, so when that was a when something else is going in, my mind. It might be that you're just too far away from I think Mike might have been hearing us through my computer. Because you're on. You're 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 yeah. your mic is, is working. Yeah. It might have been that it's uh he's not hearing us through these microphones. Mm. This is compelling podcast <laughs> stuff. This is what Mark Marin talks about every weekend. Uh Whatever other podcasts there are, you listen to any podcasts? Either? You're not really a podcast dude. Uh, occasionally, I listen to the uh, Gilbert Gottfried. Yes, uh, <laughs> I forget. It's like the the amazing, the amazing colossal, colossal podcast. podcast. Yes, yeah. I occasionally listen to that, uh, and then uh, some of our uh, good friends at WNHH their their stuff, Kitchen Sink with Lucy Gelman, for example. You know, depending on depending on what the topic is, or probably like Paul Bass sometimes has like you know heavy hitters from New Haven or state politics on that I you know that he you know he could he could get them going Man. on stuff. So. I didn't expect this would go into like uh, butt kissing territory. Wow, <laughs> Gelman, I, we want uh, we want that guy who does your uh, yeah, opening theme. Jingle. Yeah, get some Valley stuff going. Yeah, we put it on our Facebook. Nothing ever happened. We got no response. But what uh, what uh, Mr. Drew was describing was the uh, what the French call the wit of the staircase was uh, that slap your forehead moment after the uh, interview when you realize something that you should have before. Just wanted to note that. You want to do uh, this week in history? Why don't we just Why don't we just turn and see what Chaz and AJ are up to? <laughs> I'd rather not. Uh, this week in history, yeah. Okay, quite a few entries. And I should our next episode, which will be uh, recorded quickly. Uh, Kurt Miller returns. Seymour first selectman. Kurt Miller returns. We might even take. Might even try to take phone calls. Although <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that's a good idea because uh, I don't know if I can get this equipment to work again. Well, he's he's called in himself to a couple podcasts, so he's coming in in person. That would only be fair play. Yeah, Miller's the last time Miller was in here was when we had that uh, debate yeah, the, the hour the long. Yeah. Uh, yeah, blood on the floor. I'm sure he's going to go after Malloy for. Uh, oh, he, did you see that? He already CT has on his. Uh, yeah. Oh, I didn't know yet. Yeah, I, I think on uh, on his uh, uh, Facebook page, noting that uh, the uh, the the state budget uh, there was uh, the. The generalists, the lawmakers basically said, we don't want to do this second chance society bail reform that Malloy said would save 15 or 16 million dollars. So Malloy turned around and cut line item vetoed about 20 million dollars of municipal aid out of the budget. He's like that character from Seinfeld, the soup Nazi. He's like, <laughs> no, no municipal aid for you. No uh, buses. But, but Miller noted that uh, the state just gave. Uh, upwards of twenty million dollars to the biggest hedge fund. Oh, in that the was world. the big Republican talking point over yeah, the yeah. which you wouldn't you wouldn't think uh, 
Republicans were so antagonistic to uh, capitalism, but it's, it's nice to see them turn over that new leaf. These are strange times we're living in. Everything just... So uh, this week in history, uh, Second chance June society. 6th, we, we got we to gotta be aware of Monday because June 6th mm. appears to be quite the day of uh, valley happenings throughout the year. Normandy years. invasion, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. Operation Overlord. Oh, Very man, if good. I, if I had that date wrong, that would have been Very super good. embarrassing. Uh, June 6, 1931. Seymour, speaking of. The New Haven County coroner rules Seymour first selectman Raymond Gilliard's death a suicide. Apparently, he was living beyond his means, and on the day he faked his own murder, he was scheduled to meet with a bill collector, which is just a bizarre story. Uh, and why don't you... I'm going to interrupt, and I'm going to do uh, some of these because you have breaking news on your email. Oh, gosh, I'll uh, go... Uh, Regard- you know what? I'll break out. it. Let's break it on the podcast, even though it's going to be old by the time we get it. Uh, they made an arrest uh, on 5-23-2016, and Sonia police were called, to investigate an, were called to investigate the report of an anonymous threatening message. This was the after-school app, which uh, Ethan was actually aware there was an arrest, uh, but the police sent it to all the media... See, we get no preferential treatment, even though we're local, just for the record, people. Uh, they they arrested a 19-year-old Ansonia resident for making that after-school app threat that caused school to dim- dismiss early and uh, for the school to be canceled the next day. Anyway, he's charged with threatening in the first degree, threatening in the second degree, breach of peace, second degree. He's doing court. June 17th, 2016. But I'm just going to run through this week in history, and we will wrap up this week's very uh, labor-intensive edition of Valley Naval Gazing, which is heard both on valleyindy.org, newhavenindependent.org, and 103.5 FM, WNHH, New Haven's community radio station. June 6, 1932, in Ansonia, about 20 World War I veterans will leave for Washington tomorrow to join the Bonus Army, a group of 43,000 marchers, 17,000 World War I veterans, their families, and affiliated groups who gathered in Washington, D.C. in the summer of... This is a real confusing one, Ethan. There's, uh, there's a lot of time elements in this. But uh, in the summer of 1932, to demand cash payment redemption of their, for their service certificates... They were eventually dispersed by MacArthur Patton, who ordered a bayonet charge on them, and Eisenhower. That's the single weirdest this week in history I've read in my six months doing this. June 6, 1935, Derby. A police officer sees a laundry truck weaving erratically near the east side terminal. The truck ignores his signal to stop, instead racing down Derby Avenue and onto New Haven Avenue forcing other cars from the road. The officer, Pasquale Misley, I'm mispronouncing that, fires at the truck, and a bullet goes through its rear door and lodges under the dashboard, inches from the driver's leg. The truck then stops, and the 18-year-old drunk guy is arrested. Amazing, he was able to fire through the rear of a moving vehicle, apparently aiming for the person's leg. June 7th, 1906. Derby, the Derby Neck Library Association, votes to accept the gift of land from the Downs Real Estate and funding from Andrew Carnegie and appoint a building committee. I'm right around the corner from Derby Neck Library, and it is a beautiful little gem there. 
in West Derby. Okay. Ethan's got some other longer ones here. I got a Wikipedia thing in here. I'm going to uh, skip right down to June 12th, 1960, and then we're going to call it a day here, people. In Shelton, Daniel Teven makes the first hole-in-one at the new Brownson Country Club golf course on the second hole. So anyway, I'm going to be signing off, but just uh, as a reminder, the recreation camp in Derby, though not affiliated with the city of Derby, it's a private group, is celebrating its 100th anniversary this year. It's quite an accomplishment. And if you want to celebrate with them, go to therecreationcamp.com, buy some cheap tickets for a picnic happening in Shelton on June 11th from 5 p.m. to 9.30 p.m. That's going to be at 36 Birchbank Road. And again, all your information is at www.therecreationcamp.com. This is Eugene Driscoll signing off for Ethan Fry, and we will see you next time on Valley Navel Gazing.